you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you happy this evening? We are very much happy to be in God's presence. Without waste of time, let us go to the book of Jeremiah 18. Jeremiah 18 will start from verse 1. It reads in this manner, he found the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord said, Arise and go to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was mud in the hand of the potter, so he made it again another vessel as, as seemed good to the potter to make it. I think let's just go to Isaiah, a book behind. And let's read Isaiah 64. And then we'll read verse 8 only. So from the corner of verse 8 to pen. It says, But now, O Lord, thou art our Father. We are the clay, and thou our potter, and we all are the work of thy hand. Kepa manje, Jehovah, ungubaba, tina sihibumba, wena ungumbumbi, witu. Amen. Amen. I think the other one will read it when you take your seats. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, here again we are reporting for duty this evening. Amen. And then as I stand here, I'm expecting your divine intervention. Amen. That it should be you speaking to us this evening. Amen. Lord, we came to the potter's house because the potter has got to mold it lay. Amen. And Lord, that is why this evening we fully surrender ourselves to your will and say, let thy will be done. Amen. We've read a portion of the scripture as people we can read. But it takes you with your divine intervention to bring a revelation. Amen. Because this letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. And this evening, we expect to hear 
you, dear God. And that is why we have come here not to behold at a man, but to behold at the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. May you touch the believers tonight. If there are those that are sick and afflicted, your hand is sufficient, it can touch them. Amen. If there are those that are spiritually weary, you're gracious enough to uplift them. Amen. And re-energize them for them to continue on their journey. Mm -hmm. We just want to surrender this service and commit it to the operation of the Holy Spirit so that the devil should not rob us of whatever benefit that you have allotted for this service. And Lord, when we walk away from this place, let us be victors. Amen. Whatever we hear, let it not just be uh, something that we hear, let it be something that can activate our faith. Amen. And let that faith bring results. That is why we are here as we commit the service to you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. While you take your seats. Now, we, we are just going to go to Romans 9. Verse 17. Romans 9, verse 17, it reads in this manner. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might shew my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy and whom he will he hardeneth. Thou wilt say then unto me, Why doth he yet find fault, for who hath resisted his will? Verse 21, Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lamb to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? Amen. Now, we, this evening we want to speak on a mud vessel in the hand of the potter. Amen. A mud, a spoiled vessel. 
in the hand of the potter. That's what we want to speak about this evening. How many believe that we are the clay? He is the potter. And then the clay has no power to instruct the potter. How the vessel turns out, it depends on the on the discretion of the of the potter. Amen. You can the clay can say, I want to be like this. It is the potter that determines the shape of the clay. Are you with me? Now, for before you see, maybe it's a beautiful pot. But there is a process that it must go through before it becomes a beautiful pot. The the clay while it is still next to the riverside. It, it looks like a, a useless wet dust. It looks like a, a useless mud. When you look at it, there isn't much that you can say can come out of it. When you look at it, you don't think it can be turned into something that can be utilized or be useful. But uh, when the potter looks at the same mat, actually, even before he can pick up that mat, already he has got a masterpiece in his mind. And the scripture says we are the clay, he is the potter. Uh, you, your life, if somebody had looked at your life, uh, one could look at it and say, what a mess. What, what a useless thing. But uh, when the potter looked at the same life, he saw a masterpiece. Amen. Now, we, we are going to, to look at uh, the potter and the clay. I believe this evening, many of us, we've got experiences in our lives. And if we had power, we could discount those experiences out of our lives. And actually, there are certain experiences that you have deliberately buried in your subconscious mind. When, when you think of them, 
it makes the wounds to be fresh. Yeah, I don't believe this evening everyone's life has always been an ideal life. I believe that we have had details in life because life is a process it has highs and lows but it's the nature of human being to remember the highs and suppress the lows it has victories it has defeats we want to remember the victories and forget the defeats. It has gains and losses. We want to remember the gains and forget the losses. But, but it's quite amazing that some, some of the highs were carried by the lows. Some of the victories came from your defeats. Some of the gains came from the losses. Your order comes from a disorder. So I'm simply saying certain things come into your life and God directs you and takes you somewhere. When when I look at God's grace and I look at the weakness of humanity it still boggles my mind. There are certain Bible characters when you look at them. Uh, I mean, when you look at Aaron, naturally, as you look at Aaron, Aaron, Aaron did not qualify to be a priest. Hallelujah. No matter how, put, how you put it, uh, he he's remembered at some point in time as this man that had no backbone. He he is a great prophet of God. He is a great prophet of God. Mo- Moses. He calls the nation out of bondage. And they move out of Egypt. And when they are in the wilderness, Moses said, let me go up the mountain. And when I'm up there, I want to speak to God. And I will come down. We remember that's when he came with the Ten Commandments. While he had gone up, the nation was under the caretaker of Aaron. But he did not have the backbone to refuse to make a golden calf. He submitted to the will of the people uh, in 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 uh, uh, contradicting the will of God. Um, and, and, and now there they had a golden cup. But when Moses came down the mountain, when well, Aaron was in the midst of this mess, uh, amongst these people that I messed, when Moses came down, 
He comes with what one will call a promotion. God had told him to make Aaron a high priest. How can you make a man that made a golden calf to be a high priest. Uh, God, I, I believe God selected Aaron while he, he is as a mess as he was to make him a high priest so that he can intercede on behalf of the people and if he remembers where God had taken him from then he will have a feeling for the people because he would remember that I was once where they are are you, are you together? So that's why he was able to be effective. I'm simply saying certain times God takes you through certain experiences to develop certain resources in you that without them you cannot have an impact. I, I, I don't know whether we together and then I will take you through some of the things that I'm speaking about. Brother Brenham, he says in this message, if you read the life story, you know that there was a time where it was tragic in the life of the prophet. Everything just fell apart because of the decision that he made. But during that time, he says uh, that's when he lost me uh, hope and Sharon Rose and Billy Paul was sick and the whole of Jeffersonville was flooding. It looked chaotic. His life was disoriented. Now in the midst of that mess when you read the life story. It's so captivating you can you can feel the pain. That this man was subjected to. He, he's, he's an emergency uh, personnel, he's part of the emergency personnel. Rescuing people out of Jesselfonville. In the midst of their chaos, they come and tell him that your son, your daughter, and your wife are sick. Gets to the hospital, the, the wife passed away. Uh, later they are being to, he's been told that Billy Paul is sick as well. Now we see that Sharon Rose was sick. He had meningitis. And he goes into the room. I don't know how many parents are here. Where have you ever seen your child being sick? And you feel like you can take that disease 
put it upon you. Is there, has it ever happened to you? Maybe your little one has got flu, she's still very tiny. You feel like this flu can come onto me because I can handle it better. Now when Brother Branham got there, Sharon Rose was in, 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 in pain. It was so, yeah, so tense until she screamed at the top of her voice. And as she screamed in the, with that intense pain, her eyes crossed. And the last word that she spoke is that the daddy help me. And she died. Hallelujah. It was painful to see a man being subjected to that experience. But later, within six months after the passing of Sharon Rose, Brother Brenham saw over 600 children that were crossed-eyed. And it says all of them were healed. And when those mothers brought those children they did not know what it took for the ministry to be effective they enjoyed the fragrancy but they did not see when the rose was being crushed brother Brenham had to be crushed for him to be able to develop enough compassion until his faith could not allow one child to leave his presence without being healed. When parents looked at that part, little did they know that it's part two. Part one. That's when he was being crushed. That's when he was being oppressed. That's when he experience loss. But look at the benefit that came. Could it be that your pain is for somebody's benefit? Could it be that your experiences is not only for your benefit but it's for somebody that will benefit later? I don't know whether I'm am I talking to somebody this evening. You, you, you as a believer, you you were made to live for others. But for you to live for others, the potter must come and pick up the clay. And when, when, when you see the potter molding the clay, it is, it is a messy sight. Because he, he, it is messy. He, he moves it this way. He doesn't like it when it is that way. He changes the direction. Sometimes he just dissolves it and begins to, re- to build it, to mold it again. Sometimes you are alive, you think it has direction and then it loses direction. Then it gains direction. Then it loses direction. Little you don't know, you are a clay in the potter's hand. You are just looking at your life that does not have direction. 
if I was you, I will not be worried about how direction life is. But I will say, God, I thank you that I'm in the hands of the pot. Because I know once it's done, something beautiful is going to come out of it. Uh, are, we, are we together? Now, he says in this message, or, or maybe just to, so, Life, life, life! It's a process, as I indicated. Uh, there, there is a process. They call it respiration, which is a process where food turns into energy. Uh, when you look at food, uh, when they they have prepared the food, uh, you know there are there are. Uh, sisters that know how to present food. You know, cooking is another art. Presenting the food is another art. No, pre- no pressure, sisters. Because food can be well present, pre- prepared and be poorly presented. Uh, I don't know. There are certain, when you look at the plate you look like gee I wish I could just dig in and there's another plate you look and say how can I avoid Uh, because there is a way to present food if they bring food there is a great salad maybe they put a steak it looks well decorated no matter how well decorated the plate is the food must come into a state of disorder. That steak that is well put in the plate, it must come into the mouth and be, be, be chowed and it must go down and be digested. Can can you imagine how messy that can be? But from that state of disorder, that's where your energy comes from. When we see you energetic, something has come into a state of disorder. Hallelujah. Are we together? Now, uh, another process is reproduction. To produce an offspring. Amen. Another process is growth when you move from being a child to being an adult. So, those are many processes in life. Stay with me, you'll understand where I'm going. As long as a thing sticks to the process that has been laid by God. An outcome will always be guaranteed. Are we together? So there is a process in order to arrive at a certain outcome. If the process is the same, I mean, around the world, I don't know how many 
McDonald's that they make. But the, the reason they taste the same whether you are in South Africa or in wherever is because the process is the same. Then the outcome becomes the same. So today in this church it doesn't matter what the sinner tells me. It doesn't matter what bothers them. I don't care what spirits they are against. I believe that there is only one process that was laid by God. Repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and anyone that comes through that process whether they are white whether they are black whether they are Chinese as long as they follow that process no matter what spirit that they are, is after them the outcome is always the same it's victory I hope you are with me this evening so there is no remedy for a black man a remedy for a white man the standard is the same the process is the same if you go through that process you will overcome how do you become victorious in the Christian journey there is a process that has been laid what is that process faith cometh by hearing hearing of the word of God it develops faith then you become victorious it doesn't matter how small you are doesn't matter how big you are you got to hear the word believe the word it develops the faith in you then you become victorious are you, are you with me this evening so you cannot come with a cultural solution for a specific group God has got only one way that is provided by him I hope I wanted to get that across now when, when you look at your life there are certain areas of your life that you hate yes you can tell the people I'm the happiest but all of us we've got that area you want to get rid of it and say but why why are things like this why can, why can things change in this area and it becomes like a thorn in your flesh Am I talking to somebody? Are there certain areas in your life that you want to change? I'm not referring to sinful living. I'm referring to a certain area. You try to do this and try to do that, but things are not coming together. And it looks like it's overwhelming you. It looks like it's derailing your life. I want to say that thorn in your flesh was put by the Almighty God. To, to shape you and redirect you in a certain way. And sometimes when God denies you certain things, it's not because he hates you. Sometimes God knows. Sometimes God knows 
When God says no, it's to bring a certain balance. There are certain things if God could have given them to you earlier, by now you would no longer be in the message. He withheld them from you and allow you to develop a certain character. And at the right time, He grants you those things because God is a God of timing. He looks at the maturity of His child and says, At this level, He can handle this. She can handle this. Let me wait until she's at this level. And when you get to that level, you for the maturity because yes a blessing mishandled can as well make you fall you know what I'm talking about I can bring it in the natural maybe you are a, you are a, a young man you want to have a car and sometimes you can't have it and God knows if you have it you, you don't you, you can't handle the pressure because every level you have got new David. So you, you can handle the blessing at this level because it will derail you. Am I talking to someone? I'm simply saying certain things God withholds them to allow you to mature and create situations that are inconveniencing in your life. But they are there to develop your character. They are there to develop humility. They are there to develop the wisdom. And because you have gone through that experience, later on, you are able to come and help somebody that is going through what you are going through. I can tell you, if you are a worshiper and everything just goes right, everything just goes right, then you begin to develop a big head. Then you develop a sense of pride. And pride comes before the fall. But, but God allows us to go certain, through certain terrains that, that are difficult. But he's developing something in us. I don't know what pressure you are under this evening. But there is something that God is molding. And when God wants to mold you, he comes into your environment and disrupts things. Because Abraham would have never received the promised son as long as Lot was there. There must be a disruption. And what causes a disruption is not a nice thing. I don't know how God is disrupting you, but he's moving into you into another level. You must trust that as long as I'm in the hands of the potter. Because sometimes when you read the scripture it says this vessel in the hand of God then it was mad. Then he dissolved it so that he can begin to build it and shape it in the manner that he wants it. I've seen a lot of people being successful 
Israelis, before they came into the message, as soon as they come into the message, things go wrong. They ask themselves, but I was an unbeliever. Things were going right. I'm a believer. Things are going wrong. No! God is dissolving you. God is dissolving your thoughts. God is dissolving your efforts so that you can come to your point and say, I need you, Lord. And when you say, I need you, then he begins to shape you in a certain manner. And after he has shaped you, then you become God's product. But before you become God's product, he takes you through a process. Have you got the ability to trust in God when he dissolves you, when he breaks you down? Yes, God will break you down. God will dissolve you. God will disorientate you. So that he brings you alive in a certain manner and shapes it. But as long as you're in the hands of the potter, when all is said and done, then you will become God's masterpiece. I hope we are together. Now he says in this message, perfect strength by perfect weakness. Perfect strength by perfect weakness. Weaknesses. Weaknesses. Paragraph 44. Paragraph 44. There's so many of us that like to testify and like to think that we are insufficient and therefore we make that an excuse. I have no education. I have no ability. I'm unable to do this. Have you ever been there? And it says if you keep that up and do it in that way and keep on going like that then you can never amount to anything but the very thing that you make an excuse by your weaknesses God uses that very thing to tackle the job with your weakness is an asset in God's economy that's why I say certain things God allows you to go through them and it seems like it makes your weaknesses to be magnified but he picks up that weakness and he begins to use it in his way now there was a an old woman that was sick in the hospital and when they looked the family of this old woman when they came to check this old on this old woman some of the nurses were rude you know there are some nurses that should have been soldiers but ended up being nurses they are displaced now but there was this part she had compassion. She was able to take care of this old woman. She knew exactly what this old woman needed. And tended to her needs to, to 
in, a, in an exceptional manner. Until it caught the eye of the family of this old woman. That this nurse is behaving in a different way. And later before they, de- they discharged the old lady, then they had a discussion with this nurse. And say, but hey, we have looked at you how you took care of this old woman. How you are such a good nurse. And listen to what she said. She said, there was a time where I suffered from the same disease. The same one that this old woman is suffering from. Because certain things you can never read them from a book. Some of, some of the things you've got to experience. And after you've experienced, then you know how to react in those situations. Now, all of us, we were born in sin, shaped in iniquity, so that we can understand when a sinner comes in, so that we must not have holier than thou attitude. But remember where God took us from. The danger of religion, people forget where they come from. And they, they come on this high horse and, and bring condemnation to the people because they forget where they were. Whenever I see a sinner, he reminds me of what I could have been had it not been by the grace of God. It reminds me when my life was a mess in the hands of the potter. I was not a message believer. I was a sinner with sinful habits. But when the potter handled me and began to shape me and began to mold me, it was not an, an easy experience. But the potter, he wanted to bring out something that he can call a masterpiece. But in the process of molding, some of us, he made our families to turn their backs on us. Some of us, we became hated. We became despised. But as the potter was molding us, some of us, we lost certain things, certain opportunities, but you were in the hand of the potter, but he was molding you, and today, here you are. You are God's masterpiece. No matter what the devil says, you may be imperfect. You may be misunderstood. But you are in the right location. In the hands of the potter. Every day is molding you. When he sees you going the wrong way, he brings you right back. When he brings you back, it's not a nice experience. Because he makes things inconvenient. Sometimes you get frustrated and say, what is happening? God is bringing something out of you that he can call it a masterpiece. Moses would have never been effective till he ran away from Egypt. He had to run away so that the potter can handle him. And after he handled him, he went back 
have courage. This evening, you are in the hands of the potter. Sometimes he will take away your pride. Sometimes he will take off your attitude. But he is molding you. He is molding you. He brings pressure on you. He makes certain things to go wrong. He makes certain things to be out of control. But you are in the hands of the potter. Am I talking to somebody? Because there is a process. And after the, the product is there, there is a process that we call glazing. So that it can be smooth. It has some rough edges. And God comes in to smoothen the rough edges. And when he smoothens the rough edges, oh, I can tell you, he becomes merciless. He wants it to be smooth. He will come and glaze it. Hallelujah. Some of the things that you have lost, it was the rough edges. Some of the friends that you have lost were rough edges. But you need to trust the potter. That's why as a believer, never care who goes. Never care who goes out of your life. As long as you are in the hand of the potter, you know that ultimately, when all is said and done, then he will have a masterpiece. Are we together? Amen. So the prophet said, he uses that thing. There are certain people when you look at them, you look at that, this one who would have never qualified. Look at Peter. What made Peter to qualify? He is a man that denied the Lord Jesus Christ not once, not twice, but three times. And say, me, what it mean? I don't know him. If message people can ever hear that you denied him, you will never recover from that. Every move you make, you say, isn't that brother that... You remember how he rejected them? Three times. Here's Peter. Deny him. Three times. But look at the Lord. He comes to the very same man that denied him. And say, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord. And say, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter, do you love me? And Peter is becoming to be confused. And the Lord Jesus Christ says to him, eat my sheep. The very man 
that denied him is the very man that he trusted. It doesn't make sense. But I can tell you when he made it like that he was building a certain character in Peter. Peter could have never developed pride. He would remember I once denied him but he still accepted me that he brings humility in Peter. So that's why I say this evening certain things you went through them because God wanted to mold you. You can never give what you don't have. If you don't have love, God makes you to experience what it means to be loveless. So that later, you should look at somebody who's unloved and develop a compassion and say, only if I could show that person love. Because why? You have experienced that. If you have never experienced something you will never have the compassion. That's why whenever you counsel people, and that's why believers must be able to trust one another with their own wounds. Because there is a benefit in your wound. The wound that you have, and that you you, you have suffered, or the scar that you have, the scar doesn't mean that you are a coward. The sky means I survived. Even after the enemy attempted on my life. And from that scar, then comes the wisdom. And then we take your scar and expose it to everyone and say, here's a brother, here's a sister. She survived. The same thing that you are going through. So look at her. If she survived, then you can survive. But the danger the devil, he wants us to hide our scars and have a makeup when we come to the people. And as if everything is going right. Let me tell you something. Never be ashamed of your scars. Your scars show that you are you were in the battle and you overcame and it must bring an inspiration to other people and say, this but of God, I was not running away. I was in the battle. And I stood for the Lord. And from this car, this is what I've learned. This is what I've learned. This is what I've learned. Then you empower somebody. Are we together? Don't hide your scars. Amen. Amen. There is a reason why those guys are there. Brother Brenham reads in this scripture. I'll just read here in the front. John chapter 21. Verse 30. The wicked is reserved to the day of destruction. They shall be brought forth to the day of wrath. Amen. You know, sometimes you can be hard on the wicked person. But be be easy on the weak one. 
Because she reminds or he reminds you that you were once weak. And sometimes the reason you forgive people is not because you are foolish. Do you know that you can never have unforgiveness in you and receive the love of God at the same time? When you forgive, you free yourself up so that you can receive the blessing. And when you don't forgive, it's not to spite the perpetrator. You are depriving yourself of the blessing. So sometimes the, the gift forgiveness is the gift to the one that is forgiving. You know why? Sometimes even if you don't like it, if you are a believer, you just forgive. Did they ask for forgiveness? No, they didn't ask for forgiveness. But I forgive anyhow. You know why? It's because you understand that if I don't forgive, I'm closing the channel of blessings. And I can never allow a perpetrator to close the channel for my blessing based on their conduct. Whether they ask for forgiveness or not, I forgive them. And when you forgive, given them, then you experience the love. Imagine if you didn't have the ability to forgive. There were going to be things that build up in you and end up making you sick. Some of the sicknesses is because of unforgiving spirit. You are containing so much toxic my uncle treated me this way that one treated me that way let me have I've got news for you whatever you have experienced it was not by mistake he saw that and allowed you to go through that experience no matter how unpleasant it was but you must say maybe I would not be the kind of men that I am. Maybe I would not be the kind of woman that I am unless I've gone through that experience. Because character is not a gift. But it's victory. Are we together? Since this portion of the weight is hard for the human mind to grasp, it must be accepted and believed by faith. Some will be offended by what I have set forth because they fail to understand the sovereignty of God. Which sets forth that God is good. Because he is God, one cannot defeat his counsel or thought his will and his purpose. But he 
Being omnipotent is ruling in all affairs. And is doing whatever he, he whatever he will with all his creation because all we were created for his good pleasure. That's why Paul says if God should take one lump of clay and make make of that same lump one vessel unto honor and another vessel unto dishonor who can be offended and cry against him but I like it when he says he is ruling in all our affairs and all his creation will be subject to his will he will turn it the way he likes because why it is his own pleasure he does it as if it pleases him are we together let me read this one here in the book of Hebrews I will just read it from here verse 5 it says and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children as unto children my son despise not thou, thou the chastening of the Lord no faint when thou art rebuked of him for whom the Lord loveth he chasteneth and scatcheth every son whom he receiveth. God dealeth with you as with his sons. But if ye be without chastenment, whereof all are partakers, then are ye, then are ye bastards? not sons furthermore we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live for the verily for, for they verily for few days chasteneth us after their own pleasure. But he, for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Even your child, you mold them. Hallelujah. A lot of time, I had another young girl. He says, it was on her graduation day. And say, Actually, me when I grew up, I always thought in my home is a concentration camp. Yeah, I felt like a slave in my house. I felt like my children, my parents don't love me. They hate me. But when I look at what I am today, I realize that actually it was love. Hallelujah. 
So when they expressed love, then she thought she was being hated because love is corrective. If you love somebody, you correct them. Hallelujah. You don't go and talk behind their back. No, you correct them. And correction is not easy. But he who loves you corrects you to your face. Are we together? So he, he's, he's using an analogy of the father and the son. But let me close with this one. Sister Haiti, in the message, she's revered around the world. Respected or admired. I think everybody would want to be like Sister Haiti. Sister Haiti is the is the epitome. Is is more like a visible success of Brother Brenham's ministry. You can't speak about the third pool without touching on Sister Haiti. But let's check Sister Haiti. She didn't wake up and the prophet said to her, you can speak the salvation of your two sons. Let's check the life of this woman. Do you know that she lost her husband? She was a widow. Do you know that she had a sister that was crippled? Her name was Edith. Do you know that one of the sister Haiti's children was meshed to death by a tractor? They found him under the tractor. Do you know how poor this woman was? I'm showing you that before God can trust him at that level, what did God do to develop her? in order to bring her at that level. When the husband was taken away, she could have thrown her hands in the air and said, God doesn't love me. But she continued. Yes, we have had sisters whose husband died and they left the message. And when God takes the husband, we want to check, were you here by him or were you here for yourself. The sister Edith was crippled. She couldn't help herself. Many times she was in and out of the hospital. It must have been better someone, Sister Haiti. You find your son messed over by a tractor. It must have been horrible to be so poor that until the church must refund you your offering. I said, no, we can't take it. You are so poor. But behind the
somewhere. You may not understand. It may be beyond your understanding. But there's somewhere where God is taking you. As long as you are in his hand. what anybody says. Because he's molding you. At the right time. He will present you. And you will say to the people. I'm God's masterpiece. I'm God's masterpiece. But you can never be a masterpiece. Until the chisels are used on you. Until the hammer is used on you. Sometimes the hammer when it is used. Even people stand like Job. And say God is a good God. There is no way brother things can be like that. Something has gone wrong. Because some people are not mature. The things when things go wrong. They think it's a curse. Sometimes it's not a curse. It reflects on how God trusts you. And develops you. Hallelujah. Some of you, your trials are the very things that kept you in the weight. It makes you to develop and appreciate to be in God's process. And you are a beautiful product. But the process was not easy. There is a heart that was broken. The headache that was there. The loss that was there. The valleys that were there. The disappointments that were there. We all have been disappointed. But God was taking us somewhere. And today, here we are. God's masterpiece. You may look mad. But remain in the hand of the potter. He's molding you. And at the right time, he will present you and say, this is my art. God bless you as we stand up. Let's sing as a worshiping song as we close.
presence, O God, tonight. Father God, we came, O Lord, expecting, O God. Mm. Father God, and we received more, O Lord. Mm. 
Father, we were privileged to be able to come and feast on your word, O oh God. Yes. Father God, for some of us came, O oh God. Father, sick, some came with desire, some came with needs tonight, O oh God. Yes. Father God, some came with questions, O oh God. Mm. But, O oh Lord, what we got, O oh God, was more than what we expected, O oh Lord. Heavenly Father God, not just, O oh God, for what we may be facing right now, O oh God, but, O oh God, looking back where we're from, O oh Lord, Father God, you came and you gave us direction, O oh God. Mm. For, O oh Lord, in the midst of that pain, O oh God, while you are molding us, O oh God, Father God, we're looking unto glory, O oh God. We're looking forward unto the, the finished product tonight, yes. O oh Lord. Father God, because ultimately, O oh God, Father God, you are molding a vessel, O oh God, for you to use, O oh God. Mm. And, Father God, if that vessel is not perfect, you will not use it, O oh God. Yes. Father God, therefore, God, we look unto that perfecting, perfected vessel, O oh God. Mm. We pray tonight, O oh God, as we go to our respective homes, O oh God. Father God, sometimes, O oh God, we, we, Father God, we seem, O oh God, that life is unfair, O oh God. Mm. But tonight, O oh God, we will go out rejoicing, O oh God. Yes. Knowing, O oh God, Father Lord, that you have got a plan, O oh God, that you've got a vision for us, O oh Lord. Yes. Father God, and may we stick to thee, O oh God. May we walk with thee, O oh God, even though the world seems to be going one way, O oh God. We know, God, where you want us to be, O oh God. And may we stick on that road tonight, O oh Lord. We thank you, O oh God, for our dear pastor, O oh God. Father God, that you, that you used, O oh God. We pray, O oh God, that you restore the virtue that left him tonight, O oh God. Heavenly Father God, that you'd be with us, O oh God. Father, as we go out, O oh God expecting oh god father god like our sister hetty right oh god yes. when she stood at the gate oh god mm. father god she knew oh god that oh lord no matter what oh lord you will not fail oh god exactly. heavenly father god and tonight oh god we are waiting oh god expecting oh god father god but tonight oh god we rejoice because we know already oh god what you can do, O Lord. And we thank you for that, O Lord. We pray now, Lord, be with us, O God. Father God, may your word, O God, strengthen us in everything that we do, O God. May you be glorified, we pray tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Till we meet, God bless you richly. You can give us the dismissal song. There is a race that I must run. There are victories to be won.